right here. As you may know, I'm a clay sculptor and I'm passionate and curious about all things creative. This podcast is about talking to all kinds of artists and how and why they create. I talk to painters and poets and actors, musicians, novelists, clothing designers, leather makers, jewelers, potters, and there is often some wine involved. The goal is to celebrate art and artists and the act of creativity, the contributions that enrich our culture. So, on to episode number 13 with Suzanne Northcott and her new studio gallery, Morphology. Okay, welcome Suzanne Northcott to Creatives Uncorked. And there goes the wine. <laughs> Thank you, Elaine. My, uh, l- allow favorite. me to pour. This is the first Creatives Uncorked where we're actually in the same room. And it's glorious. Look at the color. Look at the color of that. So we're drinking, this is new apparently, Hester Creek Rosé Cab Franc. So. Frankly, dear. Oh, thank you. And it's a beautiful, what color would you say that is? Raspberry. Raspberry red, yeah. Yeah. Here, cheers. Cute. Thanks, E. Oh, that's good. That's perfect for summary. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Okay, well, let's just talk about wine, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, of course, part of why it's called Creatives Uncorked. Yes, because, because we have the wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, talk, you talk art over a glass of wine, and then life is complete. It's true. It's a bit raspberry-ish, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is it's lovely given the color. Oh, it is. Ooh, mm. nice. <laughs> oh, well, what were we talking about? <laughs> so, okay, Suzanne Northcott. I've known you for a very long time. I've known you as always as a very creative person, as a painter, as an installation artist, as a, just you've just pretty much tried every medium. I have tried a lot of mediums. Yeah. Yeah. And done a lot of cross-disciplinary stuff yes. and worked with a lot of different people. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I have a restless muse. You have, oh, I like that. Okay. So when you rest, do you, have you ever felt you wrestled your muse to the ground? Have you been? No, your it's muse quite yet? the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again, I've lost that fight. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the muse is the boss. The muse is the one with all the power. I'm just the servant. Oh well, that's the best way to be. Mm-hmm. So, so a little more background for people that that don't know you or I is that I I spent I think we were just saying about maybe thirteen years renting a studio space from you, in your wonderful heritage building in Fort Langley, where we sit at this moment. Where we sit at this point, it's like come full circle. Full it's, circle. Yeah, it's so cool. And so we've we've had so many fun times. That we've done so many things. We together. have had so many fun times, and we do. Yeah tend to see each other under those kinds of circumstances so we see each other where there's music where there's art where there's fun to be had and wine to be guzzled (laughs) you just keep talking I'm gonna try Yeah, so and, and what's really cool about this build this building has such a cool vibe in it and it and I mean it used to be uh, there's pictures of it around Fort Langley. Yeah. It used to be uh, in 19 what was the circuit? 1910, 1911 is yeah. when it was built. It was built by the uh, Charles Hope as a revenue property for his wife whose name was Lily Hope. Oh. And um, it she the first renter in this space it's got two retail spaces and a live above and the first renters in this space was um, a guy whose name I forget and I have written down somewhere who was a uh, um, 
veterinarian, and yeah. so he had kind of a drugstore, and he did uh, calls on his um, big white horse to go to people's places, and he would tie his horse up wow. out front. And then the woman that was in this side of the retail mm-hmm. had a dry goods business, and so she made clothing and uh, all kinds of wow. things just like I do. And yet, talk, and another here's another full circle, a hundred and some odd years later. Yeah, here I am. Oh, so okay, Sue's side of the building now is at her. She has a new store, rel- relatively new store, just since November. Since November, since mm-hmm. yeah, since this whole crazy mm-hmm. COVID turned everything upside down. Yeah. Used to be a yoga studio. Yeah. Before that, it was an art gallery. Before that, it was my studio. That's this, right. Oh, it's just so crazy. But you have now moved back in. And now explain what uh, the name of the store is. It's called Morphology. Morphology. So it's M-O-R-P-H with then a colon-ology. Yes. Yeah. And um, so that's the idea of morph being change and ology being the study of. And so uh, I'm super involved and fascinated with what you could call slow fashion. So anything to do with... Um, pushing against the tide of fast fashion and waste. So slow fashion tends to be um, processes that add value to clothing. So maybe I'm taking something old and um, mending it, or maybe I'm embroidering it, or maybe I'm um, patching or embellishing. And then I also do original design uh, projects, which are kind of my favorite thing so uh, my favorite one in the shop right now is a coat that I did through a process called Japanese draping oh. and so I took a um, uh, an army surplus bivy sack like it's a bag that would go around your sleeping bag yes, yes. and it and used the dress form to drape the pieces that you know to just find a way of making it work on the dress form and then generated a coat and a pattern from that and then um yeah so then you get a -a one-of-a-kind uh piece that uses something that would otherwise be going to waste Mm -hmm. and it turns into something that uses the oddness or the specialness of that textile so that particular one is a little faded and it has men's and it has interesting edges and hems and things and it just really lends itself it's i've seen it i've tried it on (laughs) i covered it okay (laughs) i forgot it's so cool though so to find and then you could these army surplus sleeping bag covers there would be quite a few of them and and so the, the idea of finding something that's in in nobody needs it needs it anymore nobody has use for it yeah and then turning it into fashion yeah and the so fabric cool. is gorgeous it's really yeah. hard wearing all cotton mm-hmm. and with old brass fittings on yeah, it and it's just wonderful fittings. yeah uh, the problem is that now I'm all the army stuff is all um, synthetic so you can't find the old cotton things as easily as you could just 10 years ago oh wow so that's okay I like things that I have to scrounge for and scramble for and Mm -hmm. dig for there's no shortage of wonderful uh, secondhand textiles lurking around yeah no that's really true so and also what you do often is embellish things by doing these incredible art pieces that are done in embroidery. Yeah, I love doing that. Oh and so gosh. the latest one I did um, was, I've been used, well, first of all, I really got started 
Can I tell you that little yes, story? Please, yeah. So I got started in a couple of ways. I used to make bags out of old leather jackets, and that was kind of fun, and it was very challenging to use each different looking jacket. And then um, I, my husband is Japanese-American, and um, he is a gardener, landscape person, and a wonderful gardener, and he, it's one of the things he does. Mm-hmm. And I started patching his jeans using a Japanese mending technique called sashiko and so it's a the the patching of denim and the patching of indigo dyed fabrics uh, over and over is called boro which is just the idea of um, a Japanese way of quilting together little pieces of fabric that might be otherwise um, wasted in all different uh, shades of indigo and sashko is the running stitch it means little stabs and it's a running stitch that's like kantha in india or like anybody would do any in any culture so it's just a simple running stitch but it's used in in many 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 lines that makes a lovely pattern so i started by doing that for his jeans and what we both noticed was they became his favorite garment and my favorite garment because as soon as you put that energy into something that's got natural wear in it it becomes um beloved like there's something different about it and so it really turned me on to the notion that uh, investing time in your garments changes your relationship to them and so that has lived in me ever since then my son got very ill he's very well now but he had a brain tumor and i made several trips to london in the uk Mm -hmm. to be with him Mm -hmm. while he was going through that process and so i wouldn't have it would be an emergency so i wouldn't have my studio things with me to be drawing or painting or doing anything so i started to pick up hand sewing and i was Mm -hmm. doing a lot of hand sewing and that again i found not only does it change my relationship to the clothes, but it's soothing. It yeah. helped me yeah. get through those difficult days. Yeah. That repetitive motion, and when you're in your hands instead of your your head, yeah. yes. Yes. it's just so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those were the sort of the genesis things. Oh, that got that brought you now to expressing your your like you said your muse is always moving around. It's always moving around. So today, oh. my I have a. A wonderful young woman that works with me. Her name is Ariel, and she, um, her uh, mom is from Mexico, mm. so she brought in when we did an indigo dye project. She brought in several um, uh, blouses that were Mexican, old Mexican stuff, and we loved them with mm. some embroidery on them. So we made um, last week. We made a blouse out of a. Uh, sweet tablecloth with open cut work and embroidery oh. and it was all embroidered with little um, strawberries so we oh. made a blouse oh. it sold yesterday so we said okay today we've got to make another one so we're using another um, white beautiful white tablecloth with a lot of embroidery on it yeah. and yeah. we're making a little yeah. um, blouse oh. just for the sake of of the interview process where you can't see anything yeah. so that you can describe what so it's a beautiful crisp white tablecloth with yeah. a lot of um, cotton lace on the edges yeah. and embroidery in the center so we're just using the embroidered edges to make a cropped adorable little top and then we're going to add a sleeve and we work between the dress form and flat so we just sort of shape it on the dress form and keep it as simple as possible following the folds that naturally form up when you hang it on the dress form 
So each, each of these pieces are truly unique. Truly unique. Like, and that, that, that speaks to the artistry in them too. Like, like you, so this is part of the slow fashion movement that like, everything you said relates to this, like finding, finding the soul in a piece of fabric in a different way. And bringing it back to and life. Bringing it back. So there's yeah. another, like this is a, a oh my tablecloth God. I'm just showing yeah. Elaine that is a beautiful accru um, crocheted tablecloth yeah. hand done. My grandmother did Really that. good drape. Her grandma did, I'm sure. Kind of my grandma. Yeah. And um, just making into a simple garment that shows off the textile. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Really Instead fun. of being rolled up in somebody's closet. We're getting them out in the air. Yeah. Clothes and, want to be out there. And we're, But I, that's what I mean. But instead of a table, like I have tablecloths like that that we don't use anymore. Nobody because, wants them. No, they're, they're out of fashion. Yeah. And so to turn them, to repurpose them into... Something that gets really to live groovy, on. groovy clothing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and what we really want to do is just make that same little light go on that went on for me with Mending David's Jeans. I want yeah. that light to go on for everybody that, yeah. wow, this really is a different way to dress yourself. Yeah. It's like the clothes I'm wearing are clothes that I actually care about. Yeah. The things yeah. that I'm buying are things that... I know who made them. Yeah. I know that that person was treated fairly. Yeah. They weren't unsafe. Yes. I know that they got paid a proper wage. And yeah. I know that those textiles were going to go in the garbage. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then with that line of thinking, you have no need for having a lot of clothes because the clothes that you have are precious yes one of the phrases from the slow fashion movement one of the slogans is loved clothes last oh i like that yeah yeah so you don't you and also an interesting thing about it is i've always loved fashion but i always felt guilty about it because mm. it seemed like a stupid thing to love <laughs> and uh, well, Fashion Week New York would tend to disagree. <laughs> but I always say, you know, I've always been a fine artist, yes, you know, yeah. so fashion was a frippery kind of a thing, mm -hmm. but I couldn't help but love it. This has taken all the guilt mm -hmm. out of fashion. It makes fashion super fun. Yeah. It's all the things I love. It's discovery, it's invention, yeah. it's it's challenges, yeah. it's textures and, oh. and reinvention. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it's wearable art. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a form of, of really great expression. Yeah, that you're not just hanging on a wall. You're wearing it out, and every and other people get to engage in it. Oh, I love those. So you're showing me a pair of pants that you've got embroidered on it, and it's a, a Japanese. It's a koi fish. Uh, yeah, and it's on and the it's calf. About, it's about ten inches long. It's and gorgeous it's on the calf. So that it will look like a tattoo. Oh, so oh, you could stitch something so I don't ever have to get a tattoo. You don't tattoo have to get cool. a tattoo. Oh, that would be so less painful. Like I could do mom. <laughs> you know, yeah, I could do that for you. <laughs> yeah, special. Could you, could you do an anchor? Could I could do an have, anchor. Okay, everybody starts with an anchor, don't they, when they get tattoos? And then, hey, yeah. sailor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's very promising. I love that, though. That koi is just gorgeous. I'm really excited. I'm finding oh. that things, that my taste is changing. I've always yeah. been understated. With my fine art, it's usually a very limited palette. Yeah. Uh, a lot of black, a lot of gray, cream, yeah. gold, you know. 
but I'm changing. I'm I'm liking more saturated color. Yeah. You've always been great with color. I am yeah. loving this feeling of contrast and brilliance and intensity, but still some sort of um, beautiful interplay with the textiles yeah. and stuff. I'm yeah. liking the, the passion of it or the yeah. vividness of it. But it's also because it's presented in a different way. It's not on a wall. Yeah. It's it's, it's on your calf. It's on your calf. <laughs> and on your jeans, which is like, oh my God, those are, that is so beautiful. And you would treasure those that. jeans. Oh, absolutely. would never give them You'd away. look after them. I would. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they wouldn't wind would, up. But I know those won't fit me, so. <laughs> they don't fit me either, actually. I tried them. They're not mine. They're, they're for very petite woman very petite basically, special woman basically a child woman I yeah child say. woman yeah a mere slip of a thing whatever <laughs> <laughs> she's so small she's going to slip through her navel and hang herself now that's a Marg Delahanty quote which I will Ouch. repeat until <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> so do you have any like you still have some of your paintings here I do and do you still like do you still go back and forth when the you know I brought the painting I was working on into the space mm -hmm. in November. It was almost finished. Mm -hmm. I was very excited about it. It's still almost finished. <laughs> I have not been painting in this space. Okay. So I think I'm going to take it home yeah. and finish it at home yeah. because um, I don't have my sewing stuff at home right now. I've mm. got and but I could, yeah. It's not, painting is so different. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. compatible with interruption. Mm -hmm. So I can sew and be interrupted. Then I sew the sleeve on backwards, but that's, <laughs> you know, whatever. These pants are yes. <laughs> But painting I take so seriously. Yeah. I take it so seriously. It's a different kind of focus. It's a different beast. Yeah. You know, it's a different yeah. beast. And yeah. I need a, a private conversation for that. And yeah. for sewing... For design, sometimes you do, mm -hmm. but for sewing itself, it's technical. It's just, it's more straightforward. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. that technical for me because I'm because a bit savage. You're good. No, because I'm doing. No, because I don't know what I'm doing. Really? I'm savage and and I I often do things I don't know how to do. Really? But All you, the time. But, well, you, everything you do looks perfect. Like, I don't, I can't imagine it. I, okay, the one, my one sewing thing that I ever did. I got a pattern because yeah. my kid wanted to be a bumblebee. Oh, dear. And and I never told you this, did I? No. I made it. I was so proud. I followed all the directions, and I put it on her. She was about four at the time, and it went. the bumblebee went all the way down to her ankles because apparently I'd bought an adult pattern. <laughs> well, so detail. guess who was a bumblebee oh, oh my for gosh. the next five years? <laughs> and she got to be a flower. Yeah. Yeah. No, she grew into the bumblebee. Oh, she just, good the girl. The bumblebee kept growing and growing over the, yeah. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I, I mean, hats off to, I just, I'm so intimidated by patterns and putting things together and making them fit. And my mother did it. My mother was a seamstress and she a was, sewer, yeah. but, but. Well, you know, mm. if it helps at all, I suck at sculpture. <laughs> well. You haven't tried it then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. Here, a lump of clay. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out right now. Okay, oh. have a sip of your wine. I'm having a sip of my wine. I'm way ahead of you. Well, oh, okay. So, yeah. So, it's a time and place for everything. Nice. And I, I am interested to know what happens when I go back to painting because I ain't done. Mm -hmm. 
because I have a feeling that I'm going to work with a different, more saturated palette. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And maybe a bit lighter touch psychologically. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's always been kind of a, you know, I guess you deal with so many things by the time you get to be my ancient age, you've mm-hmm. dealt with so many things. And all of that, all of that gets wrapped into the stream of your work. Mm-hmm. And um, so sewing and creating and embroidering lets me know that you can just work from a joyful place. Mm-hmm. Like you can, and all the things that you've learned about composition and texture and uh, creative process and yeah. color and all those things can all feed in there with no heaviness. Yeah. So I'm yeah. wondering if there's something waiting for me with my work mm-hmm. that is um, something joyful and mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe less that's, I don't know that's fraught. So beautiful though that's less fraught yeah 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 that you've taken a step away I mean everything you're doing though is so beautiful and relatable now can you talk a little bit about that that stunning you have that's huge embroidery piece she's my favorite piece oh. I've ever done so she is uh, about maybe seven feet tall mm-hmm. and she's hanging here in the shop and I call her muse mm-hmm. And I did that piece, I started it just before COVID in January. Mm-hmm. And I, it's actually, COVID is all my fault because I <laughs> said, when we were doing January talking about resolutions, I said, I don't really have any resolutions. And David said, well, what about a bucket list? And I said, well, I would like to go to Japan mm-hmm. and I would like three months to work uninterrupted. Oh, sorry. thanks a lot. And sorry. then COVID hit. I'm really oh, sorry. Geez. I'm really sorry. So I started her in January, and um, I had been to Philadelphia. I had a piece in a show in Philadelphia. I went to Philadelphia. I, this idea was working on my, in my mind of, I kind of went through phases. It was indigo women mm. was, the, was the phrase that was in my mind. And it had to do with women who are mature, who are makers, mm-hmm. or that that just bring their love into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, they just bring it in. And they're, they've been around long enough that they don't fuss around. And they have hearts wide open, eyes wide open, feet strong on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like uh, Jan Arden, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, heart in hand, you know, mm-hmm. looking forward. Anyway, um, I had this notion and I just didn't know how I was going to do it, whether they were going to be paintings or what they were going to be, but it was cooking in me for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I knew of a few women who really made me think that way. Right. So when I was in Philadelphia, I saw a bronze sculpture that was just being installed in a museum. Yeah. And so it had no information and the guard knew nothing. So I took a photo and it was a, a kind of a classical sculpture, woman, um, ambiguous age, ambiguous a- ethnicity, mm. um, very grounded, strong thighs, mm-hmm. strong ankles, strong feet, mm-hmm. and great posture and just mm-hmm. looking out. And I just loved her. Mm-hmm. So I took some photographs of her. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, I figured out who she was. And now, of course, I can't remember the name of mm. the uh, French sculptor. And I didn't like any of the rest of his work, but um, probably from 1920s, something like that. So um, I used her as my inspiration. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took yeah, me a sip guy. of wine. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, right that guy. Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. Some French. Yeah, not very that, good. Yeah, not very good. Yeah, not very good. So I, I just, things just started to come together. I don't know. I got the idea. I started it once. It didn't work. I started it again. I have these pieces of textile. They are curtain panels that are about seven feet or so tall they're about four feet wide mm. it's a beautiful proportion for doing figure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i just banged her on there in indigo japanese ink oh just okay. kind of banged her on there yeah. and then started mm. and it was the funniest most wonderful creative process for me because she was in charge that's why i said at the beginning the oh. muse is in charge yeah she yeah. knew she wanted to get born she yeah. was going to use me yeah and she was the director so i would think so at the beginning i went up there and i thought i think i'd like to do some um collaged on pieces of textile mm-hmm. so i'm going to start i'm going to think i'm going to look for a piece of embroidery like maybe a doily or something that can go mm. as a headpiece mm-hmm. i open up my cupboards that are groaning with textile mm-hmm. and right on the top of a box is this kind of ivory colored piece of soft mm. and i'm like that'll do oh my god did not dig right no. that was that then it's like doing the face oh my god doing the face mm-hmm. i sketched it on mm-hmm. and then just freehand embroidered mm-hmm. and here she is her eyes are getting mm-hmm. born and she's looking back at me in this calm kind of way and i'm poking my needle into her pupil <laughs> and it's just the weirdest <laughs> thing yeah. and then i'm doing her mouth and then i do a little dark in the corner and she starts this, this tiny smile it was just oh, spooky wow it was just spooky wow. and then through the whole thing i went to do her heart and I went through all through looking through images at tattoos mm-hmm. and at um, medical illustrations mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. And then eventually kind of cobbled together. It's like, yes, mm-hmm. that's it. And it just kept going that way. Mm-hmm. So well, she's well, mostly a embroidered. Of this. I mean, cause awesome. it's, it's so image, it's so important to see this image. So Unfortunately, I'm image crazy, which I guess yeah. is a lot of the people you're working with yeah, are image but crazy. It's, it's good. But because this is just audio, but still you've described it so perfectly, but still to have that little assist. So I'll put that along with cool. your rear Cool. Thanks, info. Elaine. And yeah. it has that quality that I was talking about, that saturated quality. Mm-hmm. There's something there's something re- more real than real for me, yeah. and she has a buyer, and I have, I mean that was six months ago, mm. and I have just kept her it's because I just be so feel like she oh. is informing me. Yeah, that's got to be really hard. You can, well, you could almost do a, a an adoption process. Maybe so. Yeah, like a trial. Go away on the weekend. Co-parenting. And come back. Yeah, co-parenting. Yeah, yeah. co-parenting. Yeah. 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 Oh, and you, but do you say you have another panel? Another? Lots of them, 12. Well, maybe you better there get to are work. 12 women There might be 12 waiting. indigo women. 12 apostles. Oh, uh, no. No, okay, no religious no, connotations? No, no okay. religious connotations. Okay. She's like, she evokes um, kind of Frida Kahlo, tarot, yeah. Um, yeah, she does. Tattoo, um, full card. Right yeah, no, that's not going to work. It doesn't come in the glasses easy that way. There we go. Okay. There we go. A little bit more? Just a little splash Okay, okay thank you. 
Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Splash. I'm loving this. Hester Creek. Hester Give her Creek. a plug. Yeah, mm. right. Hester. That's a female winery, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe she's a, an indigo woman, Hester. Maybe she is. But I like, no, what I mean by apostles, but not taking out the religious side. And the male connotation. There is definitely a. Joining, t coming there together. Is. And my practice, I've always thought of it as devotional anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's devotional. Yeah. I do what I'm told by my muse. Yeah. What well, I'm where I'm called for, I do it. Yeah, I mean, it's all it muses, mythology, all those things. So all from together. the same underground place, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Underground or overground? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, uh, well, middle, she's like that. Middle Earth. She, yeah, middle, <laughs> she, middle Earth. She's got the clouds reflected in the water. Yes. So she's all the way from down so, up to down. Oh, I would love to see a whole show, like 12 of those. Wouldn't that oh be fun? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be fun? Canada yeah. Council, are you yeah. listening? Yeah. Come on. How much money do you have yeah. coming out of the council? <laughs> Will you make it worth my while? It took me a long time to make that one. But yeah, that's just it. When you set a goal like that, that then it becomes almost overwhelming. Right? Well, I, you know, I like an impossible task. Mm. I find an impossible task more relate more relaxing mm -hmm. than something that I can I know I can do, but it's really really hard. Mm. If I don't know if I can do it, it's like well, I'm just gonna start. See what happens. There's something simple about impossible. So you don't hang everything on the end game. There. Not at all. That's a great way to Not be. Not at all. No, dear, nor do you. I mean, your process, yeah. you know, I mean, it's one thing if we're doing a commission. But if yeah. you're, I don't do very many commissions. The the Koi is a commission. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're doing something for yourself, the process is where it's at. Like, yeah. that's what you're doing it for. You, you're doing it to be alive. Mm-hmm. And when you're making work, you're so alive. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. like, you forget about everything else except the mm -hmm. absolute instance that you are so engaged in. And I yes. love that. Yes. This is what I'm so happy that you're talking about this because this is sort of what the whole podcast is about, trying to celebrate the act of creativity. And get those yeah. things that are consistent yeah. from artist to artist to artist yeah. and find yeah. out that, hey, everyone cares about this. This yeah. is so important. Process is yeah. where it's at. Process, but also how we inspire each other and where we take inspiration and how it all links together. I have a student currently, she's just come to a couple of classes, she's never touched clay before. And and she started right off with a small little project, which I told her would be really difficult, but uh, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. And and you can just, this has happened to me. If, you know, you, you've taught a lot. Where you see somebody that will try a new medium, and it's just like, I say it's like a lotus flower opening up. Yes. Like people are, what they're discovering is not the medium. They're discovering their pot creative potential. Totally. And it's so... And it's like it lives in their hands yeah. and in their heart yeah. and in their yeah. imagination. Yeah. And they just, I mean, people who have not done a lot of creative work that have a creative streak, yeah. when they do that work, there's this bloom that goes all the way through from yeah. imagination to heart to fingers. Yeah. And it's just like... Oh, stunning. It's so great stunning. to watch. Yeah. Stunning. And that's what get, gets us excited, right? Like when you I watch so people. Excited. Yeah, you just it's just yeah. like yeah. yeah. But don't you think everybody has a creative I absolutely yeah, do. Everybody. I absolutely like do. Einstein, the, the biggest mathematician of all times, he all his sayings are very dear to me because he was all about the creative subconscious. And that's why he was so brilliant. Yeah. Because he yeah. could leap. Yeah. He could leap past the steps yes. to make a, 
an intuitive connection. Yes. You know, so quite often I think what happens with creatives is they make a leap and then they backpedal to find out what that meant. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, I know the truth of this. I can feel the truth of this. Yes. So now let me put the pieces together to find out how, yes. why that's so true. Yeah. Oh, I like that. To talking about truth is, is really a quest sometimes that, like, I forget about that. And that's, that's a goal point to always come back to. Like, what's true mm -hmm. to you? What's true to me might not be true to somebody else. It's so, tr so true. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone or someone. Maybe me. False news. Or no, <laughs> fake news. <laughs> but no, well, truth way, is such a... And, it, and it's... And it's being overused in the wrong context. Yeah. But for here, it's just like that's your deepest self. That's it is. what the truth is. And yeah. I love creative work because I feel like because you're working in a kind of a trust situation. Yeah. You keep re referencing in your in your own work. I keep referencing in my own work. What feels true? What feels yeah. true? But then what happens is you learn all these things about principles of beauty principles of composition yeah. all of that and it turns out that those principles are truth and they run through all domains yes. so if you learn something about figure and ground relationship mm -hmm. it applies to every relationship mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. every creative relationship mm -hmm. every interpersonal relationship I find it gobsmacking mm -hmm. that every time you kind of figure some principle out for mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. it will run through all domains mm -hmm. there's yes. something very reassuring about that very reassuring so there's something out there yeah and it's coming it. for you <laughs> <laughs> now you're just doing a Stephen King on me come on <laughs> Oh man, and it, the wine really helps too. It helps. <laughs> it oils the the wheels of creativity and truth. Oh, and that, but see, that's why, like you and I, have always we you seek out creative individuals totally over a glass of wine. Yeah, have like you said at the beginning, have a little bit of music because that just brings all this really good juicy the stuff juicy together. Stuff. Like think about yeah. Rumi, right? Yeah. We love Rumi. Yeah. He's a truth teller. His yeah. work. His work rings truth through centuries and centuries yes. and centuries. Big wine drinker. Was he? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, bless they use, his heart. Bless his little heart. <laughs> they, his little Sufi heart. They use wine as uh, he and Hafiz, the other really? uh, poet, they use drunkenness as the idea of being lost in devotion. Oh, <gasps> Okay. <laughs> you didn't know that's what you were doing, did, did you? No. <laughs> I'm going to have to change the name of the podcast. Lost in Devotion. <laughs> I'm not drunk. No, I'm Lost in Devotion. <laughs> <laughs> now call me a cab and let's call it a night. <laughs> You're a cab. <laughs> Okay, Miss Northcott, you slay me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really did. <laughs> really did. Okay, well, you know what? This is this has been so great. I wanted to. I, I mean, you're one of one of the first people on my list I want to talk to because because you know everything. You've done everything, and you are one of the dearest people I know. This is your birthday yesterday. You were what 29? Incredible. And I've also so, weighed 107. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> 
Oh, in truth, she weighs 110, so shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Elaine. I adore you, and I love that you're doing this. Yeah. I think it's very beautiful and powerful, and I was yeah. so glad to be part of it. Well, okay. Well, we'll you'll be part of it again, I'm sure. Woohoo! We'll have more to talk about. Oh my gosh, I just love talking to Sue. We had such a good time, and unfortunately, we didn't get to finish the bottle of wine, but you know, that's the way it goes. So, anyways, Suzanne is just about to launch her new website for Morphology Studio, but in the meantime, you can find her on Instagram at morph.ology.studio. That's M O R P H dot O L O G Y dot studio and if you want to come check it out in person it is on glover in fort langley a really cool little green heritage building right across from the cemetery of the village so you know they're the quietest neighbors in town yeah a bunch of deadbeats real stiffs at a party you know (laughs) remember creativity is intelligence having fun see you next time thanks for listening